Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 51, verses 1 through 12. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you alone have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you are justified in your sentence and blameless when you pass judgment. Indeed, I was born guilty, a sinner when my mother conceived me. You desire truth in the inward being. Therefore, teach me wisdom in my secret heart. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new and right spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take me take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and sustain in me a willing spirit. Isaiah chapter 30, verses 15 through 18. For thus says the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, In returning and rest you shall be saved, in quietness and in trust shall you be be your strength. But you refused, and said, No, we will flee upon horses. Therefore you shall flee, and we will ride upon swift steeds. Therefore your pursuers shall be swift. A thousand shall flee at the threat of one. At the threat of five you shall, you shall flee, until you are left like a flagstaff on the top of a mountain, like a signal on a hill. Therefore the Lord waits to be gracious to you. Therefore he will rise up to show mercy to you, for the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all those who wait for him. Hebrews chapter 4 verses 1 through 13. Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest is still open, let us take care that none of you should seem to have failed to reach it. For indeed the good news came to us just as to them, but the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who listened. For we who have believed enter that rest, just as God has said, In my anger I swore that they shall not enter my rest. Though his works works were finished at the foundation of the world. For in one place it speaks about the seventh day as follows, And God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again in this place it says, They shall not enter my rest. Since therefore it remains open to some, for some to enter it, and those who formerly received the good news failed to enter because of disobedience, again he sets a certain day, today, saying through David much later, in the words already quoted, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not speak later about another day. So then a Sabbath rest still remains for the people of God. For those who enter God's rest 
also cease from their labors as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest, so that no one may fall through such disobedience as theirs. Indeed, the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing until it divides soul from spirit, joints from marrow. It is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And before him no creature is hidden, but all are naked and laid bare to the eyes of the one whom we must render an account. Good morning and welcome to the fourth Thursday of Lent. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Iamsville, Maryland. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 51, Isaiah 30, and Hebrews 4. And it speaks... Um, often about the Lord's rest and how um, we might enter it if we um, do what we are, if we do what is expected of us and if we um, fulfill our purposes as humans in being good. And um, the Hebrews readings hearkens it all the way back to God creating and on the seventh day he rested. And um, this rest is really important. In fact, in, when um, Laura and I were living in Baltimore in a, an Orthodox Jewish community, um, we were reminded of how strict the observance of sta- Sabbath is, um, and it, which is counterintuitive. Um, you think like, "Yeah, I want to rest. Like I'm, I'm done." Um, but uh, we, we typically like. I know that. I, I love what I do. I love the podcast. I love um, thinking and writing and sharing about the Bible and Christian soldiers. Um, and I, I do that every day. Um, but as much as I love that, it does not bring me rest. It, makes, it does make me feel fulfilled, but that's not the same as, as rest. Um, and the... Um, the importance of rest um, is so great that even God rested on the seventh day. Um, and this profound significance of rest, the difficulty of it is, is on the one hand, it is actually difficult to rest. It, it goes against, um, you know, who we've become as people. Um, about, you know, the, the meritocracy that we think we live in and everybody's got to earn, blah, blah, blah. Time is money, dog eat dog. The list can go on, and so the rest violates the, all those those notions that we have about productivity, about being you know a quote unquote productive member of society. Um, but in God's economy, in God's world, um, productivity has its place, but it isn't by us. We don't produce the things. Um, in you know if you know if our original job was gardeners it's god that produces we just tend and take care of um and god does the rest god produces um, fruit and vegetables and uh, things to eat um and so this commandment to rest is important because we don't know how to do it and we need rest um, I remember reading somewhere, maybe it was just a story, but if you buy a new pair of shoes and you wear it every day, it might last a year. But you take that same pair of shoes and you 
um, you know, you wear it three days out of the four, and the fourth day you wear flip-flops or nothing at all. Um, instead, those shoes will last, instead of a year, will last four to five years. Um, and it's something like that. It, you know, If you use and abuse your own body, if you use and abuse others and not letting them rest, um, we don't last as long. We aren't actually fulfilled. We're just busy. Um, and I think that goes double for the military. Um, we don't always know what it's like to rest because the importance of the mission, um, whatever it might be, uh, always takes precedent. And the um, the we get into our head that, um, you know, we... I actually think we do rest. We just don't do enough of it. For example, on road marches, um, if we're in a, a group road march and um, you know people are starting to fall out, um, it isn't uncommon for whoever leading it to say, "Okay, everybody, take five. But I mean, I don't know. If, <laughs> I don't know that five minutes is enough. Um, but I think um, in our in our haste in the military, not to be productive. But to be protectors, um, you know the 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 job of keeping you know democracy safe in our minds. It doesn't. It never stops. It doesn't take a break. It doesn't retire. It isn't discharged. Um, it's a twenty four seven three sixty five job. Well, that's a problem because in God's world, there's no such thing as a twenty four seven three sixty five anything um, that we always. Um, take one break uh, uh, of seven. Um, so if we, you know, if we march for seven minutes, we take a break for one. Or I'm sorry, six. We take a break for one. Or if we um, train for six days, we take a break for one. And I don't know that I've ever um, experienced a unit that does that. Um, the closest that I've ever come in the military was actually um, Desmond Doss, this Medal of Honor winner and conscientious objector who refused to carry a weapon but who was allowed to serve and who desperately wanted to serve and was ridiculed for it. Um, and he won the Medal of Honor by saving the lives of 70-some-odd members of his platoon. And um, the catch was um, he was a conscientious objector because he was a Seventh-day Adventist. And so on the one hand, that made the, the commandments very important to him. But he also refused, and he made this very clear, and his unit begrudgingly allowed it. Um, he did not work or train on Saturdays, on the Sabbath. Um, and and that was counterintuitive. But the military did allow it, and, and he ended up being a really powerful witness, not just for what it means to be a good soldier, but what it means to be a good Christian. Um, he never took another life. Um, he... Um, he saved lives and, and uh, was a, um, a medic when he um, came under fire in Iwo Jima. And that's where he, I, no, I'm sorry, it was not Iwo Jima. I think it was like Guam or something. Now I can't remember. Um, but the, the idea of rest and, the, and when we give it significance and we say this is going to determine certain elements of my life as Desmond did. It can, it's really counterintuitive, but that's God's intent. Um, I actually, I don't know that he fully rested on Saturdays in combat, but in training he did, and I, I, I don't doubt that he did everything he could to rest on the Sabbath 
um, even in combat on deployment. Um, and so the, uh, the writer in Hebrews reminds us of, these, of the, the importance in the passage from Isaiah about entering the Lord's rest. And, um, at, you know, when we disobey God, even this rest can be taken away. Um, it is, uh, it is uh, an element of prosperity. Um, it is something that is for us, um, but it's something that God might use and has used um, to, to judge and discipline God's people. Um, and so it isn't, it isn't a, an absolute, however important it is, um, and we see this in Jesus' example when um, he heals on the Sabbath, that the Sabbath, it is very important, but it should not get in the way of doing certain things that are incredibly necessary, like healing a person. And I'll, and I imagine, and I know actually, I just can't remember the quote verbatim, when um, uh, Desmond was asked, you know, what you know, how how did you know you do it in combat, and why did you save him? Because in fact, though, that, that was the that was the funny part. That the day that he saves these seventy five people, and it's it's more than a day. It was like a day and overnight in the morning. Anyway, um, the day that a lot of that stuff happened was a Saturday. It was the Sabbath, and Desmond said in response why he wasn't at rest on the Sabbath. He said even Christ healed on the Sabbath. Um, so the Sabbath is important, um, and it is for us, but it is not all important. Um, and so the, the Orthodox community uh, that we lived in and, and the Orthodox Judaism in general is famous, I think, for really strictly trying to abide by the Sabbath. You know, they don't light their stoves. They don't, every now and then we'll get, we had requests from neighbors to do something like, I don't know, walk the dogs or something. I can't remember what it was. But there's all these workarounds so that they could, they could get around the rest, <laughs> the strict understanding of it, and still kind of get by. So like lighting stoves, they can't do because they can't light a lighter, and so they have things on timers or they set up um, uh, ovens and and stuff the day before so that it, it does things automatically. Um, but the Sabbath is is there for us, and we don't uh, abide by it enough. Um, and even when we try to, when we try and really give it uh, primacy of place, uh, sometimes other things are, in fact, important to accomplish, to finish, to do, to work at. Um, as we see in, in Desmond's uh, witness and also Jesus's, you know, we healing um, is something that is perfectly acceptable on the Sabbath. Um Cutting grain and harvesting might not be, because I think that's what the Sadducees accused Jesus of, um, but healing is. Um, so rest is for us. The Sabbath is for us, um, and it's important to take it, um, but moderation in everything uh, is important, and even as important as a Sabbath is, it's not all important. And There may be some things that we are called to do um, that are not restful, um, but that are good. And so our, our call is always to live into our created nature of being good, uh, 
um, but not, um, you know, kind of exhaust ourselves by running around nonstop, trying to be productive and, and produce good fruits, but rather to rest and to recuperate and to um, enter into the this kind of promised land of, of time um, every seventh day, just as God did before us. A prayer for joy in God's creation from the Book of Common Prayer. O Heavenly Father, who has filled the world with beauty, open our eyes to behold your gracious hand in all your works, that, rejoicing in your whole creation, we may learn to serve you with gladness for the sake of him through whom all things were made, your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with Pew Pew HQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, Always family. Semper Familia.